When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast presents Who Killed? A podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Who Killed? I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media, Evergreen Podcasts, and Killer Podcast production. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the senseless murder of a teenager in Polk County, Florida. Now, the reason that I'm highlighting this case is because there was no need for this to occur, and how callous these suspects really were. Another reason I'm covering this case is because the sheriff of Polk County gives quite lengthy and sometimes controversial press conferences. He speaks from the heart, and some of the stuff he says may come across as a bit tough, but we must remember he has to deal with this stuff daily. It must be frustrating for him to see the area going through these crimes. Now, according to Fox 13 Tampa Bay, a 17-year-old was shot to death in a park in Polk County Monday night, and this was in 2021. Now, Sheriff Grady Judd announced at a press conference Tuesday morning that they were looking for suspects. The shooting occurred at Gordon Heights Park near Bartow at about 9.40 p.m. on Monday. Now, the sheriff's office responded to a 911 call about the shooting and found Tiger Taguri of Bartow dead in the seat of a red Chevrolet Silverado truck. A 19-year-old woman who was in the truck was not injured. Judd said. He went on to say the woman told the deputies that Taguri had asked her to go for a ride with him and they went to the park. He told her that he was going to sell some marijuana and that was according to the sheriff's office in a news release. Now the woman said several males approached the truck, opened both doors, and began shooting. Now they did discover multiple guns were used and that he had been shot shot multiple times. Quote, they ambushed and murdered this young man, Judd said. He later added, immediately, they pulled open the door and massacred them. And of course, at this point in time, there weren't any arrests. Now, Judd did say that there was a $5,000 reward that was being offered at the time, and that if anybody knew anything, to contact Crime Stoppers. And again, he said, the sooner we get these men off the street, the better. Now, an article by Genevieve Redstein of the Tampa Bay Times, two teens had been arrested on first-degree murder charges in the killing of the 17-year-old 
according to sheriff officials. It was a basically a marijuana deal in public that had turned deadly. And this was again on Monday night at about 9.40 p.m. Now, the office of the sheriff believes that at least four males were involved in the attack. Detectives found two suspects, 16-year-old cousins, at a home on Tuesday near the scene of the crime. The Tampa Bay Times is not naming the teens because of their age and the fact that they have not been charged as adults. At least two other suspects are at large, and the investigation continues. Both suspects are currently charged as juveniles, but Judd had called on the state attorney General Brian Haas to charge the teens as adults. He said, what they did is not a juvenile crime, but an adult crime. Basically, cold-blooded, first-degree murder. A 19-year-old Lakeland woman accompanied Taguri on a ride to the park, and he told her that he had planned to sell some weed to the suspects. And again, as I mentioned, that was according to the sheriffs. So these suspects had planned to lure the victim to the park and rob him of his drugs. For whatever reason, they decided to open fire and they struck their victim multiple times. Quote, they planned a grand scheme to get this marijuana dealer to come to them and then they would rob him of his marijuana, according to the sheriff. And he said that, for whatever reason, they decided to shoot. And again, these are callous, cold-blooded murderers. So the female passenger, again, was left uninjured, but the suspects the sheriff did eventually name, and one of them was 16-year-old, Javon Barian Jr., who did live on Goss Street in Bartow. So there is movement in the case. I'm assuming that these individuals are in jail still because there has not been many updates on this current case. And as far as the news coverage goes, that's about as far as it goes. But I did really want to play this press conference for you guys because... As I mentioned before, these things can go on for a while and they get pretty interesting. He says a lot of interesting things and for some parents, they may be tough to hear, but again, he's not trying to victim blame. He's just trying to prevent these things from occurring in his area. So listen to this press conference, make up your own opinions on how you feel about this particular sheriff, but uh, you can look and find more press conferences on YouTube or on the sheriff's website. So again, unfortunately, this led to the death of a 17-year-old high school student. So again, our thoughts are with the family, and this is a case that should never have occurred. So take a listen to this press conference. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with me today. Yesterday we met in Gordon Heights early in the morning and I introduced you to our victim whose name I used because the family said we could because they wanted us to do everything we could to arrest the perpetrators that shot and killed their 17-year-old son.
Tiger was murdered on Monday evening at about 9.40 p.m. when he went on Dudley Street to the Gordon Heights Park, ostensibly to sell marijuana to some people. He was driving his 2017 maroon Chevy Silverado. He had a 19-year-old young lady with him. And, you know, it's been reported in several of the social medias, oh, she was involved, she was involved. No, she was not involved at all, except that she was a victim. She went with him. He saw he was there to sell marijuana when what it's reported to be at this point in the investigation now, four males, four black males, approach the vehicle. They pull both doors open, the front passenger, the front, front driver, and immediately started shooting. It was horrible. It was a setup. It was an ambush. Of course, the suspects fled on foot from the scene we were notified and we started our investigation. I think I've told you before and I'll tell you again, our homicide team is simply the very best. In fact, in almost 13 years, we've only had two unsolved homicides and this is now not one of the two. We were able to make an arrest. Our homicide team developed information and in less than 10 hours was knocking on the suspect's front door. The suspect lived with his grandmother and his father. One of our suspects is Javon Berrien Jr. We told you that we suspected that they were teenagers or very young adults and sure enough Javon is a Bartow High School student in 11th grade and he was joined that night when they robbed by Margus Johnson. Margus Johnson is 16 years of age and he's a Fort Meade High School 11th grader. He's a cousin to Javon and they were together with at least two other people sitting around on the benches when Javon decided that, hey, we'd like some marijuana, but we don't want to pay for it. So they planned this grand scheme to get the marijuana dealer to come to them, and then they were going to rob him of his marijuana. And for whatever reason, they decided to shoot, and they shot several times into the vehicle. Margus tells us, I didn't have a firearm. I was just along for the robbery. Javon had a 9mm handgun. When we served a search warrant on his residence on Gauze Street, 2965 Gauze Street, we found a firearm, a 9mm Glock. We immediately took this over to the FDLE lab in Tampa to compare the firearm to the casings we'd recovered at the scene. FDLE immediately followed up knowing the urgency of finding who these people were that would randomly shoot and kill a high school student. 
FDLE worked with such speed, words don't convey our appreciation. But they told us clearly, the gun that you took from Javon's house matches the ammunition that was expended at the scene. We know that Javon has a criminal history of robbery by sudden snatching, and on another occasion he was arrested for battery of his mother who was trying to search his backpack when she suspected he had drugs in there. Javon and Margus both are charged as juveniles right now. But what they did is not a juvenile crime. It's an adult crime. It's cold-blooded, first-degree murder. And as a result of that, we are asking the state attorney, and it's his final decision, our state attorney, Brian Haas, is simply the very best, but we're asking him if he will consider transferring them both to adult court. But the investigation's not over. We know there are at least two other suspects. And we ask the community to continue to help us. You have provided information to us. But we're not going to stop until we arrest all four, at least, suspects who descended upon this truck to murder this 17-year-old George Jenkins high school student. We're not stopping. We're going to hold everyone accountable. And it's important that you help us. And think about this. We're offering $5,000 cash reward. And if you didn't shoot into that car, you were just part of the robbery, we want those who are responsible for the murder. They're the ones that we're really interested in. This is another people, another, uh, another picture of Javon, who's the taller of the two, and Margus, his cousin. They say they are a member of a gang that hangs out in the east side of Bartow. Gall Street and Dudley are in Gordon Heights, which are located just north of the city of Bartow. However, they are self-proclaimed gang members. As you see, we blurred out them shooting the gang signs because we don't want to mark it. But that wasn't the only arrest that day. Let me introduce you to, to Javon Berrien Sr., our murderer's father. He was really ugly and mouthy when we first got there. I don't know how he thought that was going to work for him, but obviously it didn't. We ended up charging him with possession of meth, possession of cannabis with intent to sell, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and possession of ammunition by a convicted felon. I would say that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Javon Sr. didn't want to cooperate, tried to protect his son. Well, I suggest to him, had he, had he provided the appropriate role model when that young man was a small child, we may not be in the position we are today. He's also criminally charged, and there may be other charges forthcoming 
for him as the investigation's underway. Keep in mind, we are still in the infancy of this investigation. There's lots of information we need to have. There's a, all of the, the work up that we have to do with the science end of this investigation. But when you look from the 30,000-foot level, you've got a George Jenkins high school kid that was the victim of a robbery attempt and a cold-blooded first-degree murder by a Bartow high school kid and a Fort Meade high school kid. That's a scary thought. 16 and 17 year old children and that's what they are children and you want to ask Javon Berrien senior did it not occur to you that something's wrong when your 16 year old kids got a firearm got a handgun and where did this handgun come from it's not in the computer is stolen which doesn't mean it's not stolen we'll have to go back and trace it from its origins but my suggestion is, at some point in time, this handgun was stolen and someone didn't have their serial numbers. So when they made the report, if in fact they made the report, then it didn't get entered into the computer for lack of the appropriate serial numbers. Well, let me tell folks, when you have guns and you possess guns and you like guns, you're responsible for them. Some way, somehow, this 16-year-old got a handgun I, illegally because he can't legally possess it. And I suggest it's probably stolen, and we can't confirm that yet. But he got this handgun and ultimately shot and killed a 17-year-old kid. That's unacceptable. I have one other event to talk to you about. Let me underscore before I close out that we still need information so that we can charge the rest of them. This investigation is just beginning. It's not just ending. It makes me angry. It makes me completely angry that we've got kids killing kids and kids shooting kids, and we've seen that two weeks in a row now. It makes me so angry I want to pluck my eyeballs out one at a time. But we're going to stop this, and we're going to hold people accountable. But parents, I need your help. Start being a parent. Start going into the room, looking into the backpacks, going into their social media, and know what they are doing. 16- and 17-year-old kids acting like this need parental oversight. When you don't provide parental oversight, then they do things that they think are cool that they watch in rap videos or gangster music. So anyway, I'm angry with that. Anyway, questions? Two questions. Number one, you said that the gun was found in Javon Jr.'s room. So does that mean that we know that he's a gunman? Was it tied to him by fingerprints or DNA or any of that stuff? And the second question is, they're alleging they're part of the gang. Do we know the name of the gang? I know the name of the gang, but we're not going to share that because we don't market. I don't know um, how prolific and how many members the gang is at this time. We're checking into that.
It's a relatively unknown name, so there, it's not like it's a, a big-time gang. The second or the first question you ask, certainly we haven't completed the science yet, but you know it doesn't take a Rhodes Scholar to figure out that when you've got the same gun in the 16-year-old's room that was just used to kill the 17-year-old approximately 900 feet away, that it's probably he's the shooter. And we are developing other information, and obviously we have other information that we're not sharing with you now that convinces us that Javon Jr. is the shooter. Sure. One of the shooters, at least one of the shooters. We don't know. There might have been four shooters, but we're still working on those details, okay? How concerned are you with the uptick in gang violence in Polk lately? I mean, we've seen quite a bit. It's kind of disturbing. Well, it's really gone from zero, for the most part, to like two or three weeks in a row. So certainly we're concerned with it because we normally see virtually no gang issues at all. And in the last three weeks, we've had incidents three weeks in a row. But believe you me, and if you don't listen to me, that's your fault, but let me underscore something. We're going to be hanging all over these gangs like a cheap J.C. Penny suit. We're not going to accept this. They're going to jail. We're going to put them in jail. We're going to arrest them. But quite frankly, what we'd rather occur is parents first monitor and parent your children so that we don't have to get involved in it and use the authority written in law. If you monitor and supervise and parent your children at home, then we won't have to get involved and they won't have to have a criminal record. But we're not going to allow them to feast on each other with firearms. And that's what's, ha that's what's happened the last two or three weeks. I'm, I'm kind of struck by the fact that they intended to rob him and then, oops, you know, fire a gun this boy is dead. Can you speak to that a little bit more? How well, the information that we've developed at this point in the investigation is they never intended to buy the marijuana when they called them up. They, they are charged, among other things, with conspiracy to commit robbery. They intended to rob them of their dope the whole time. There was never any intention to buy the dope. And when they, when they jerked the car door open and our victim saw that firearm, a firearm, and he said, no, bro, or wait, bro, he tried to leave. And as he put the car in gear and tried to leave, that's when he was shot. Did he know these guys? We are still investigating to what extent he knew them. There was obviously a relationship there because he knew to show up from Lakeland or Auburn. He lived in Auburndale. The 19-year-old actually lives in Lakeland, but they showed up for me and either Lakeland or Arbondale, all the way over to Dudley Drive, which is north of Bartow in the unincorporated area, down a small winding neighborhood, quiet neighborhood road into a county park without any lights because they don't intend for it to be used after dark. 
Are you concerned about the availability of guns throughout Polk County? No, in fact, I encourage good people to own guns. I like that. Good people with guns is a good thing. I'd, what I encourage, though, is that they appropriately handle them and appropriately manage them, whether it's at home or in their vehicle, so that they cannot be easily stolen. So you'll never see me anything other than a proponent of the Second Amendment and for guns. But quite frankly, people steal things and do bad things with them. I don't know for sure this gun's stolen yet. But you know that the 16-year-old can't legally possess it. His dad can't legally possess it, and his dad had a 40 caliber in his room, and the son had a 9-millimeter in his room, and they didn't just get those legally. So uh, I'm not, I am not concerned with anything other than good people don't own enough guns. One more question. Yes, sir. Are you concerned about the, uh, the safety around that particular public park? No, that, that community and that park is historically very, very safe. Very safe. We, we don't, we have very little problem in that community. It is a quiet community. It's a safe community. Wonderful people. And it, it is a really cool little park. And historically, you know, we'll get a loud disturbance in the park every now and then. Well, all parks where people are gathering up having a good time have loud disturbances. But this is anything but a loud, raucous neighborhood or area. It's just not. And I think that's part of the shock factor for the community is because it is such a wonderful community. Sheriff, would you say the residents of Polk County need to be a little concerned or worried about these gangs becoming more and more violent? Oh, no. This is targeted conflict between gang members for the most part. Keep in mind, our 17-year-old victim, you know, it breaks my heart that Tiger is a victim and that he was murdered, but if he hadn't have been there selling marijuana, he wouldn't have been shot and killed. That's the bottom line. The gang members we talk about the last couple of weeks, they were feuding back and forth. They're not intentionally involved in other people's lives. But that doesn't mean that there's not collateral damage when they drive down the road and shoot at each other. But make no mistake about it. This is an upcrop that we have not seen in this community at, in these numbers where it's this week, this week, and now this week. We don't see that sort of thing. It is usually a very rare event, and it'll return to a very rare event. It's just how much legal pain that they suffer before they start to behave. So Tiger wasn't part of the gang. Just the Tiger was not part of the gang, okay. but Tiger's father, I'm told, had a history of drug sales, and we, in fact, sent him to prison at some point in time. Well. You know, children emulate parents. So if Tiger grew up watching his dad sell drugs, Dad, you have some responsibility for your son shot and killed the other night. Drugs are dangerous. I am over hearing about this, quote, low-level, nonviolent drugs. Drugs are dangerous. So anybody that starts out a conversation about drugs or low-level and nonviolent, 
would just gag me with a pitchfork. I can show you families wrecked over drugs, neighborhoods wrecked over drugs, kids killed over drugs, children and adults addicted and dying of overdoses of drugs on almost a daily basis. Now you extrapolate that all over this country. We got a problem. We all have a problem, not just the families that have the drug abuse going on in them, but it's all of our responsibility. Law enforcement can't fix this by themselves, but we'll not give up. So what you had there is a sheriff in Polk County, Florida, who is clearly uh, upset with the situation with gangs and violence and the killing of teenagers as everyone should be. I take umbrage with some of the things that he had said about uh, certain things, but this sheriff is very adamant on trying to solve some of these issues. So it's pretty cool to hear him talk about parents stepping up and doing their jobs. But again, I'm not a parent, so I'm not one to judge. But he is the sheriff, and those were some choice words that he had for the parents of those suspects, as well as some words to say about the victim. I didn't like the fact that he had included the part about him selling marijuana, but it is true that if he was there selling drugs and that's how he got killed, then that is definitely one of the reasons that this occurred. So I can be whatever about it, but the bottom line is these suspects are under arrest and this sheriff does like to give kind of showy press conferences. And I think that you do hear a lot of information during these press conferences that you wouldn't necessarily hear if it was just a news clip. So that's the reason why I bring these out and I play them every once in a while because it is interesting to hear it directly from the horse's mouth because the sheriff is the sheriff, the police are the police. So basically the bottom line is this. The police are going to say things in press conferences they may not say otherwise. So that's the reason you guys get the opportunity to hear these because they don't always play these and not everybody is going to go on to YouTube and listen. So this sheriff, as I mentioned before, has a number of videos that are interesting and he talks at length about a lot of different subjects. It is something if you're interested in following up on, check it out. Again, this is the sheriff of Polk County. And it is uh, definitely something that is interesting. And again, the sheriff is Sheriff Grady Judd. Thanks again for listening. As you know, I produce new shows every week. And if you are interested in following me on Twitter, X, or whatever it is, you are welcome to do so at BillHuffman3. I'm on Instagram at slow underscore burn media. And that is slow minus the W. So check me out there, and as always, until next time, stay healthy and be safe.
through terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.